0: Hi everyone, it's Jocelyn and welcome to the Magnetic Abundance Podcast. You are in the right place if you're a storyteller, business professional, coach and entrepreneur desiring to make millions joyfully and work with fluent clients. In each episode, I will teach you how to take your power back and grow your business in the most aligned way. So let's get started. Welcome back everyone to Magnetic Abundance Podcast episode. This week, we have a special guest, Sarah Sheehan. She is an amazing lady, wonderful businesswoman, and she is also an executive coach, really serving the C-suite business executive. She has got over 25 years of experience and background in a number of areas, and she loves helping leaders sprint their way up to corporate leader. And increase their performance. Sarah specializes also in change management, talent and leadership development, executive coaching and organization design. Welcome, Sarah. And what does Magnetic Abundance mean to you?
1: Thank you so much, Jocelyn, for having me on, for having the opportunity to reach out to your listeners Magnetic abundance, what does it mean to me? That's a great question. It means that I'm in the right energy and flow and I'm interacting with the right people, the right clients, and everything is working beyond smoothly. It's supercharged.
0: Mm. Mm feeling all the alignment in there. That is a beautiful way of describing magnetic abundance. Sarah, tell us a bit about, you know, what inspired you to get into your own business and coaching?
1: Absolutely. In terms of what really has inspired me to be on my own, I really reached a point in life where I wanted to be my authentic self every day. And I wanted to be able to show up as who I truly am and not who others wanted me to be under a lot of direction or, you know, some people might call it the square peg in a round hole phenomenon. I really wanted to be myself and really attract the best clients for me and my expertise, that's truly a deep passion for me, whether it's consulting or coaching. In terms of what my inspiration was for getting into coaching, I got into executive coaching about seven or eight years ago. I started taking all of the required training for ICF Certifications. And it takes quite a while. It takes a lot of time. But I could see that this ancillary service, if you will, an additional offering is something that is so natural to what I do that it would be able to become part of my service offerings with ease and joy. I could see it just fitting in like a glove. And so over the last seven or eight years, I acquired my PCC certification. That's the Professional Certified Coach with the International Coaching Federation. And I do have a great passion for helping people come to Insight because it's truly magical what you can do in executive coaching.
0: Mm. I have hired an executive coach about 10 years ago, and that really have accelerated a lot of my progress as I really ascend into higher level of leadership. So I am definitely championing a lot of what you do and how you really supercharge a lot of leaders in the C-suite and helping them stay very sustainable and stay very relevant in what they do, their passion, their inspiration, and how they lead others in the world. So I love that. I love that. And when you mentioned earlier around, you know, how you attract your clients now in your business, can you expand a bit more around that?
1: Sure. I mean, in terms of client relationships that are new or expanded relationships from the past. So in general, I do some very specific marketing activities that definitely increases my visibility in the marketplace, whether it's being active on LinkedIn on a regular basis or doing a podcast conversation just like this to show who I truly am and how I come across, how I work with people and build relationships. And the type of consulting work that I do, it does tend to be with larger businesses. My ideal client is at the $100 million in revenue stage and up to like $5 billion. That is a company that has enough substance that they need human capital expertise. I'm truly finding that to be true. I've had several clients that are right in the middle of that sweet spot this year. In terms of New and interesting, exciting relationships. I am having some great conversations with people that I am coming into contact with based on being active in LinkedIn or other marketing activities or interviews. And I'm connecting with people in new and interesting ways. The conversations that I'm having are compelling and are truly about building a potential client relationship where we are talking about what service offerings would be a great fit for them and what the right timing is and all of that good stuff. So I'm really seeing a lot of very interesting and compelling conversations.
0: Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. And in your conversations, what are the top three things that you are observing now with C-suite leaders post-pandemic?
1: Well, a big uh, part of the conversation is on the future of work and how they want to manage the hybrid workplace or stay remote and how they are literally walking the tightrope with employees on what's best for the organization, the business, and their people. That's absolutely number one. Number two is developing more leaders at more levels of the organization. Historically, that has always been a topic of great interest, but I'm seeing a lot of organizations really wanting to focus on that because they see post-pandemic having better leaders and managers in their organization is only going to help them have a more engaged workforce. And number three, in general, most companies and leaders are extremely focused on how can we achieve our goals. Mm. So many financial pressures today.
0: And with all those three things, how do you guide them or show them a way to do it in a way that is so relevant to the current climate of leadership.
1: How do I guide them? Is that correct?
0: These are all new territories that everyone is entering worldwide you know any other companies uh, both big or small are really experiencing the three major topics that you just uh, brought up so you know what sort of areas that you are guiding them so that they can move into that territory with so much ease and joy
1: Hmm. And so, in terms of from a consulting perspective, if I'm talking with them about a big uh, business transformation that they're embarking on, that has a very specific project plan and trajectory for how our client relationship is contracted, that is very different. From executive coaching. And executive coaching may come as a result of working on a large project. But if you're starting from a consulting perspective, you're going to guide the client in what you see the project roadmap should be, what the actual deliverables are. You know, you're going to guide them in very tangible ways about what the work is that you will embark on, whether it's from a human capital perspective, the overall change strategy, putting together a communication strategy and plan, helping them think through stakeholder analysis and all of their audiences, helping them think through business impacts that may occur based on the changes that they're implementing in the organization. All of these things shape up the work that you do with the client over time based on a a core project plan. From a coaching perspective, you might enter into a relationship in a different way. You might have, for instance, a 12-session, a 12-week engagement with someone to help them set some professional goals, strategies, and actions to actually achieve those goals. Or maybe there's an executive that needs one of their C-suite team members to work through some performance or behavior issues. In that kind of a situation, you would want it to be fit for purpose. So maybe it's not 12 weeks. Maybe it's six or eight weeks. And then, of course, there might be individuals that are really trying to level up their performance and increase their visibility through a structured six-month program, and that would help them to really step into the vice president level and above in a successful way.
0: Mm. There's so many spectrum across the consulting and coaching aspect, and I have witnessed that gone through that experience and i know how powerful it is to identify for that season for that particular duration of working with them supporting them championing them guiding them you will need a specific direction to help them up level so mm-hmm. that is wonderful and from your own perspective i'd like to hear more about you sarah what lights you up in you know, what you do as an
1: entrepreneur? That's a great question. What really motivates me is I am so motivated by helping someone else succeed, whether it's an individual or an organization. I truly am motivated by seeing someone else achieve their goal and helping them to do that, whether it's consulting or coaching. I truly want to make a difference in the work that I do. It may not it may be different. Uh it may show up differently than someone would expect. But I actually do have a very benevolent and caring perspective in my approach. I'm a kind person and I want to be around other kind people and I want to pay it forward and mentor others in a positive way. So I actually am very motivated by helping someone else to succeed.
0: Mm, kindness is so important, isn't it, in what we do? And looking into the future, looking into how you can bring things better forward, and leaving that legacy. So I love that. I love that. Tell us what are your own daily, you know, rituals that you practice to keep you very driven, very motivated.
1: That's a great question. I'm one of those people that will set three to seven priorities for a day, and I will work the list until it's done. And that's really critical for me. Another thing that I will do is time block on my calendar, whether it's exercise, time for preparation for a meeting, or the actual meeting. You know, I'm using my calendar to make sure that I have the time to be prepared. I'm also thinking about when I schedule meetings. I'm thinking about when I will be at my best for that conversation so that I'm in my right energy and can come across well. Those are big practices. Other daily practices, exercise. I am constantly thinking about what I eat and eating healthy, you know, general basic concern for health as well as things like gratitude journaling or meditation, all of the mindset think practices, they make a difference. Mm.
0: Really important to have that individualized practices to really stay to the call and be in full alignment with what we do as an entrepreneur so you know a couple things that you point out was exercise nourishing your body going out and making good use of the schedule and knowing when to really utilize energy at which part of the day in a way that really works for everyone and energizes everyone. And that's really important to understand the power of energy as well, because we want to really be there, fully present in the moment and giving our very best so that it's the quality of the energy that we bring to the meeting rather than <laughs> spreading it out. So very important to integrate that into the life of an entrepreneur, but both, both as well as the life of a professional executive. And in your journey as an entrepreneur, what has been the biggest struggle for you along this path of, you know, setting up your own business and coming out from the world of corporate and being an employee, now being the CEO, running the show?
1: Biggest struggle? I probably don't, I don't look at it in those terms, I don't look at it as a struggle as much because I am a very driven person (laughs) and I um, am probably undeterred, um, I would say. But as I look back, the timing that I started, it definitely took a little bit more time to find the right people, whether it's. Vendors that have made a difference in my business or key client relationships. It's definitely flowed well in terms of clients that are interested in consulting work, clients that are interested in coaching support. But it's one of those things that it's taken a little bit of ramp time to really get to where i am totally understandable with a global pandemic so i don't i don't really look at it as a struggle as much as it is about patience consistency and perseverance
0: mm Wonderful to really keep in mind for those of us who are stepping into the world of entrepreneurship. You know, it's requiring us to really stay very, very on the pulse with patience. I think patience is one of the key requirements to really stick into the world of entrepreneurship. Sarah, tell us, you know, how do you define success?
1: That's a great question. Success is a definition that I think will change over the course of our life. I think that, you know, what success for me is now, I foresee it morphing and changing as my business grows. I say that because success is not a destination. You know, it's not... One place I'm going to, I see it as something that will grow and unfold over time. And for me, being successful means that I'm financially stable, I'm happy in my work, I have amazing clients, I have enduring relationships that last in business and my personal life, I'm healthy. I'm vital, you know, having a long life for it to be valuable for me personally, it needs to be vital and healthy. Vitality is huge because if you can't have quality, it's just not worth it. Mm, mm.
0: That is a wonderful way to define success that is always evolving, that is always growing, that is always progressing. And for all of us, make sure that we celebrate success every single day, big or small. However you see success as, take a moment, pause and really, really sit into that spirit of celebration. And acknowledge your achievement, acknowledge your progress, acknowledge where you have moved from A to B or skill upgrade or behavior that you have changed to really add value, whether it's to your role, to your company, to your business. And that is going to really enhance everything else going forward and amplify your business to a whole nother level. My last question Sarah, is that, tell us one of the most important things you have learned in your life. And if you could share that in 60 seconds, what would that be?
1: Oh my goodness, that is a tough question. I don't know if I can answer it. I don't know if I can come up with an answer here. That is tough. The most important things that I've learned in my life. I think do not take yourself too seriously, first of all. Be willing to engage in laughter and create a fun atmosphere with the people that you're around, whether it's family or business. And make sure that you are... Showing that you care and showing up for the people that are most important in your life. Because this, this thing called life, it's short. It passes very quickly.
0: Such beautiful way of encouraging and leaving our audience that spark of encouragement, that spark of empowerment, that life is short. Have fun. Don't take yourself too
1: seriously. Absolutely.
0: Go for good love because laughter is a good medicine for the soul and the heart. And I hope that our audience absolutely enjoy all the wisdom that Sarah has shared with us today. And I hope that you also connect with her. We'll leave all her details in the show notes so that everyone can reach out to her, follow her on LinkedIn, And she offers a lot of beautiful, wonderful, wise advice on her videos. Watch those and I hope that, you know, it leaves you with a way of living life to your fullest. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate you. Once again, come on board and all of us have the best life. Enjoy and create it by design. Bye for now.
1: Thank you, Jocelyn. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please check out the show notes for more details and resources that you can access and explore. I would like to invite you to join my mailing list, rate this podcast five star, share it with your friends and family. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And last but not least, I want to invite you to work with me. So book a consult and let's discuss how I can help you make
1: money joyfully and attract affluent clients. Have a great day.